For Seagulls fans everywhere, this is the ultimate football app for you. For match highlights, interviews and the best Brighton videos and podcasts, download the free BHA Seagulls app now from the App Store and Google Play. are almost up, Swindon fans, but you're not there yet. And it goes! Oh, it's gone in! Pritchard left foot in! What a volley! It's the stuff of champions! It's the stuff of dreams! And Donay races it on goal, and Donay! 3-0! The Amex goes wild! What a goal! Hello and welcome to episode 74 of Together, a Brighton and Albion podcast. Uh, my name is Joshua Goldsmith. And I am here as usual by myself. Uh, got quite a lot to discuss today, actually. Um, of course, looking back on the game yesterday uh, with Brighton versus Wolves, um, and taking a look at the kind of the numbers behind the game and some standout performances and some performances that maybe didn't stand out so much. Um, and yeah, we'll uh, we'll get cracking. First of all, though, I do have a request to make. Um, I know that a lot of you listen to this show on Apple Podcasts um, and Spotify and all that good stuff. Uh, and I can't remember the last time I actually said this, uh, but I would appreciate it greatly uh, if you could, uh, you know, rate, review, subscribe. Um, so if you could leave reviews, um, you know, whether they're good or bad, I'll take them all and be happy with just reviews in general. Um, and, you know, if you could, you could take the time out of your day to just give it a quick rating um that would be super appreciated by me um i think it helps all the algorithms and all that good stuff uh at apple towers um and i just thought i'd mention that first things first uh if you could i would appreciate that a huge amount so thank you all for listening as always um and if you could just whack five stars on i would be very very grateful indeed um so a couple of things to discuss today uh we have a contract extension. So let's start with a contract extension. Uh, Jason Molumbi, uh, I believe at the beginning of the week, um, committed himself to a new Albion contract until the end of 2023 season. Um, only 20 years old, uh, uh, Republic of Ireland under 21 international. In fact, I believe he may well have been a captain at some point, if not still. Uh, he's already played 32 games for Millwall this season in uh, overall, you know, in the league and the cup. Uh, I actually watched him um, specifically on Friday just because of the contract that was awarded. Uh, and he ended up bagging a goal that got took away from him and given into uh, to Matt Smith um, against Forrest where they hammered them 3-0 at Forrest's own ground. Um, but but overall, I thought that Jason Molumbi was excellent. Um, he ran that midfield. He has a lot of fight, uh, a lot of bite in that midfield as well. Um, he was getting into verbal arguments with players on eight, with 80 minutes gone uh, just to, you know, to show the commitment for the team. And you know that Millwall probably 
breed that into every player that they have in the, in the squad. Uh, but I thought that his performance was excellent. Uh, he was very, very hard done by not to be given that goal because it was both an excellent run, an excellent finish, and it was well on well on target anyway. So uh, Jason Malumbi commits himself. Uh, and I think I know I tweeted earlier on in the week um, and I still I still back it. Uh, I think that, you know, if we were to stay up, um, I think that he may well just go back out on loan to Millwall next season. Um, or if somebody wants to spend some money on him, uh, the additional contract, you know, puts a, puts a couple of extra extra figures on his on his price tag. So great work there. Um, and if the worst does happen and we do go down, uh, we have a very cultured midfielder. Um, that has played almost every game this season for Millwall, uh, who are, you know, a middle-of-the-table championship team uh, and been really, really great for them. Um, I think that that can only help us if we were to go down. We already have a bit of know-how in the squad anyway. Uh, it can't hurt to kind of bring that back in as well. Um, hopefully that isn't what happens, uh, but at least we have that opportunity if we need it. Um Another thing to quick, quickly talk about, um, I'm sure that anybody who attends games knows all about it, uh, but for those of you who you know aren't from the UK or can't go to every game or haven't been paying attention to the fixture list, uh, the game against Leicester City is um, supposed to be on March 22nd, so it would be not this weekend coming up, uh, but the weekend after on the Sunday. Um, that has been postponed for now. Um, Leicester beat uh, Birmingham City uh, in the sixth round of the FA Cup um, and they therefore are going forward to the quarterfinals um, and will be now having to rearrange that game uh, in order to reschedule. So we will be having uh, a very long week, um, a very long break in the fact that there will be, you know, it will be the, the one before the international break. So uh, we have an international break on the weekend of the 28th and the 29th, um, and we have now another break on the week of the 21st and the 22nd. Um, an absolute shit joke for my podcast, because what on earth am I going to be doing for those two weeks when we have no games to discuss whatsoever? So leave that with me. I'll worry about it for the next two weeks, and we'll see what we can get done. But just to let you all know, don't bother tuning in that week. Uh, we will have nothing to watch or go to. Um, another thing to talk about this week was uh, Tony Bloom issuing a kind of rallying cry for the fans. Um, believe that was towards the end of the week. Uh, he actually came out and wrote a kind of thing on the website, or I'm not sure who he, wrote, who he said it to, but he um, he's published this kind of rallying cry um, and kind of gone back to the we're all in this together, hashtag together uh, stuff. And I'm all for it. Uh, the podcast is named together for a reason um, that, you know, whether I'm happy or sad or outright annoyed um, at the club or how it's being done on the pitch. Um, the fact is, we are still all in it together. We're not going to kind of sack off the team if they were to get relegated, I hope. Um, and, you know, I think that's important for anybody who listens to this to know, uh, you know, we're not going away. Um We've been in the Premier League for three years and, you know, 20 years ago, we were almost not in the league at all and we will continue to crack on. So uh, I think it's good that he's come out and said it. Uh, I think there's been a little bit of uh, dissent beginning to enter into the crowds. Um, and I think he's came out and he said all the right things. Um, and I think it's good that it's came from him uh, and not Paul Barber, Dan Ashworth, somebody like that, uh, because Tony Bloom is the man that is always going to have that 
uh, bucket of goodwill that he can kind of take a cup out of and pour it on the fans, you know. Um, Paul Barber, Dan Ashworth, maybe don't have as much of that to be able to give out. So very happy to see him come out and do that. Thought the atmosphere against Wolves was excellent. Uh, I mean, I think our away support always is excellent, but I think they did a great job. Um, I think the fans were loud. They were well and truly on it, uh, and I was I was delighted to see them uh, cracking on and you know giving it giving it a voice. Um, I could make out several fans' chants, um, and you know that it's always a good sign when you can recognise the chants, especially the lesser uh, song ones these days. Build a bonfire was in there, uh, and a couple of the other ones that I was listening to. You know, if you can hear them over the over the over the TV, you're you're nailing it. So away fans, top stuff. Keep it up. Home fans, that's your bar. That's your bar. You need to be hitting that bar every single week uh, because we're going to need it. And we all know that it does help the team, um, despite how silly it sounds. You know, it's it's something we absolutely do have going on. So I hope that, you know, we will uh, we will crack on and the fans will continue to get behind the team. Um, now, today, I believe it was... Uh, I think it's like International Women's Month um, or International Women's Day or whatever. Um, so uh, I think I am recording on International Women's Day and I know I'm recording on International Women's Month. So why not take five minutes to take a look at how the women's team are getting on? There's actually a fantastic article on the uh, Brighton of Albion website from Barton, Kirsty Barton. Uh, she is Albion's longest serving player. Uh, and she was reflecting on the progress the club have made. Um, and it's very interesting, you know, after I spoke with Kirsty Holland um, last pretty much, you know, barely, barely a year ago. Um, and she was just talking about as the kind of general manager of the women's teams, the level of work they were just having to do over the last 18 months. So, you know, 10 years ago, eight years ago, um, from what I can read here, they were they were training in a cabin, a toilet, and a changing room. You know, this was <laughs> this was exactly um, this was this sounds exactly like you used to play on a Sunday morning um, for your team. You know what I mean? Uh, back home, uh, you would roll out, you'd play on a Sunday morning, you'd have a cabin, a toilet, a changing room, and that would be it. Um, I think that that's always one of those things that you just can't believe in the space of 10 years how much it's grown. Um, and they are continuing to do pretty well. Uh, they are looking like they're pretty much safe in the in the Women's Premier League this year. Um, and, you know, Hope Powell seems to be doing a good enough job given the, the more limited resources that we have compared to some of those bigger women's teams. Uh, of the 12 teams in the division, Albion are sitting in ninth place. Uh, they are currently um, seven points clear of the relegation zone. Uh, so it looks like they're kind of well on their way to being safe. Uh, it's funny, isn't it, how the, the women's league and the men's league differ. Uh, bottom, of the, bottom of the women's Super League is Liverpool with one win all season and six points. So, you know, you just never know what you're going to get when you look at a different team like this. Birmingham City are sat below us uh, and Bristol City as well. Um, and then, of course, the usual suspects are top of the table. Manchester City, Chelsea and Arsenal are killing it. And they are way ahead of everybody else. Um, you know, they're still playing at Crawley. Um, fully expect them to be having a, you know, a set of games at the Annex towards the end of the season. Um, so I would be super cool with it if, you know, if you could go down, support the team. Uh, if you're in Crawley, go see them. 
Um, and yeah, you know, I think it's a, I think it's a great thing that the Albion are continuing to foster this. Um, and you know, for the the young kids, sometimes you know, my sister is like mad about this stuff. She is um, as big a Brighton fan as me, and she uh, she doesn't care. She couldn't care less, right? About when she was growing up, she did not care at all um, that there were. No, like the women's team wasn't really a thing, um, but she loved Gully's girls, um, and I think that's all they need, right? They need representation um, of people that are them. And Ash loved them. She loved the Gully's girls. They got rid of them. They brought in the women's team, which is you know evolving and should be evolving and continue to evolve. Um, and this is the way forward. And you know, I think it's I think it's a great thing that they are being doing. Um, I've seen a lot of articles lately saying we're maybe thinking too far ahead investing in the under 23s under 18s women's teams but there's that's a huge demographic of our entire nation you know um and these people need to be able to watch stuff if they want to so good shit um and you know happy to see it one more thing before we get onto wolves uh is the growing um feeling of potter out although i will admit in the last 24 hours i've not seen much potter out but um, a slightly more boring take on the Potter out argument, um, and that is, can we afford to fire Potter and his men? Um, we have them signed up to a six-year contract, um, and last year, uh, Brighton's profit margins were horrific. You know, we, we, I believe we actually lost about 20, 20 something million last year. And when they were looking at the financial records, um, you know, uh, what is the name price of football, um, highly recognize, record, uh, highly recommend listening to the price of football. If you haven't already, um, they're brilliant. Uh, and one of them is a Brighton fan, Kieran. Um, and he is kind of the mogul behind the money. Um, and he is absolutely killing it. Um, and, you know, we lost a lot of money last year. And when you look at why we lost it, um, there is a huge chunk of that that went on the firing of Chris Hutton and the staff around him. We sacked everybody around Chris Hutton. He was let go. And that was a huge reason for our losses. Um, so let's be slightly more boring and look at it from a financial point of view, right? Because there was a lot of fans upset that we didn't sign a striker uh, in January. And there was a very much a, a, a backlash from other fans who said, well, what do you want to do? Do you want to spend us into the championship, right? We don't have the money to waste just in case we go down. It would be irresponsible. We are on the edge of oblivion. We shouldn't be spending 40 million on a striker that might not do the business when we're inches away from relegation. It could ruin us. Well, so could this. Letting go of Potter and all of his men on a six-year deal, sacking a lot of them, could be a huge chunk of our parachute money on just getting rid of the old and in with the new. Um, and I think that for that reason alone, that Bloom won't be getting rid anytime soon. Um, it doesn't make any financial sense to do it, especially when you know the results aren't what we need, but the the style of play and the the, you know, watching them week to week, we're, we're seeing constant improvement and constant, you know, what we need to see in terms of getting better. Um, and I think, you know, this week alone typifies that with the fact that we put together a performance very similar to Sheffield United away, but offered more on the attack this week. And that's really what we needed to do. Um, so, you know, I just, I'm wondering, I'm sat here wondering just how prudent it would have been 
to let him go. Um, I'm not entirely sure it would be something we could afford to do uh, as, you know, this forward-thinking, financially stable club. So just food for thought. I'd be interested to hear what you feel or think about that um, because, you know, we've, like we said, we've we've had a lot of thoughts and feelings behind the fact of not blowing 25 million, 30 million, 40 million on a striker that may not do the business. Well, is it worth... If it was, you know, worth 10, 15 million to get rid of Hutton and his crew, is it worth the potential probably 20 million to get rid of Potter's crew and bring in a manager that may not get any better results? So just food for thought. Uh, Be very interested to hear your thoughts and feelings on that because it was something that kind of popped into my mind this week um, and would like to hear how you all think. So Wolves versus Brighton and Ovalbian. Wolves came into this uh, very much or rather the other way around, we came into this very much Wolves bogey team. Uh, they have never beaten the Albion in a top flight match. Uh, their current record before yesterday was uh, lost seven, drew two. They are now, of course, at lost seven, drew t- three um, in their last 10 meetings. And they are, for some reason, they just cannot get a result against us. Uh, they have registered just a 13% win ratio over, over the Albion uh, in 31 league games against us. This is, you know, before yesterday. Uh, they had won four, drawn 12, and lost 15. Um, that is their worst win percentage against any side they've faced more than twice in their football league history. Um, that is outrageous. I am not sure what it is about Wolverhampton Wanderers and Brighton and Ove Albion, but... They just do not like playing us. Um, and it showed yesterday, I think. Um, looking at the kind of key stats for the game, the match stats, um, we dominated the ball, 56.7% possession. Um, and, you know, I think it's important to note that a lot of those uh, passes were in, you know, were either in the middle third or in their third. Um, you know, of the, what, 400 uh, and 92 completed passes we had yesterday, um, 111 of them were in their attacking third. That Compare that to Wolves, um, who of course had 43% of the possession, um, came back with 340 completed passes and only 60 in the attacking third. So, you know, I've seen a lot of upset Wolves fans declaring that the Albion parked the bus yesterday. Um, no, the Albion parked the bus against Sheffield United. We played a very low block and just planned on keeping them out yesterday was not that um you know we that's not how that works <laughs> um you know you can't have 60 completed passes in the attack in third uh out of kind of 340 and claim that we park the bus um you know you can't park the bus on the halfway line uh that's not how it works um so i thought that we were excellent uh in possession of the ball 83% pass success rate compared to their 74. Um, we were pretty good in the air too. 19 aerials to their 18. Um, you know, we allowed them the ball when they wanted it, especially out wide. Uh, they had 17 dribbles to our nine. Um, and you will not be surprised to know that for the sake of 20 minutes of him being on the pitch, uh, Adama Traore was top of those successful dribbles with five. Uh, second place was a joint group, actually. Uh, Diego Hotta and uh, Ruben Venegra, uh, their kind of left midfielder, left back. Um, and then Bissouma, um, who I thought was excellent, but we will get to that shortly. Um, again, in terms of kind of taking their chances, taking the shots, um, I thought that we were pretty good. 
uh, 11 shots to our 7, both only the one shot on target. Um, Wolverhampton Wanderers have one registered big chance, uh, which was very towards the end there, where uh, then Donker skied it over. Um, I, I truly believe that Solly March um, and his chance kind of counts as a as a big chance, but the stats ain't having it, so who am I to argue? Um, but I think that that was a huge chance for us too. Uh, it was definitely not as easy as the Dendonka chance, um, but that ball bouncing into Solly March, uh, you know, I think he has to do better. Um, and I think that Mopai, Murray, um, Alireza, Trossard even, um, probably does a lot better with that ball uh, than Solly March. So, you know, I think he did pretty well. Um, and again, when you look at the pass stats in general, um, our top five passes of the ball yesterday uh lewis stunk 61 successful passes out of 66 attempts uh bisuma 56 passes out of 66 attempts davy proper 60 passes out of 68 attempts and adam webster uh 55 passes out of 67 attempts so you know the albion of their you know their kind of their key passes two of them were our central midfielders um we most certainly were not a team kind of hanging back, hoping to nick the odd goal. Um, we were very much on the attack, um, or at least trying to go toe-to-toe with them. Um, in terms of chances created, uh, Albion created a lot more chances than uh, Wolves. Um, we actually created six chances to their five. Um, Leandro Trossard creating three of them. Uh, so, you know, he I feel like he had a pretty quiet game, but obviously not that quiet (laughs) um i think that we also did incredibly well defensively um i thought that we were very tight at the back we didn't allow them a great deal um of time to dally on the ball around our area which is something that we have been horrible at doing lately um and i think that we pressed them just about at the right time uh you know the majority of the time that they they lost possession um, or they were dispossessed. If you look at the maps um, on like whoscored.com, uh, the amount of times that they were dispossessed uh, in that kind of middle third, um, you know, really explains why the game was built how it was um, in terms of the the attack back and forth with not a great deal of chances. Um, there was a lot of midfield possession um, and not a lot done with it. So I thought it was excellent from the Albion yesterday. Um, I thought that we did everything we needed to do to cause them problems. Um, and I thought that, you know, I thought that attacking wise, uh, we showed a lot more um, than, you know, what we did uh, a couple of weeks ago against Sheffield United. I think that this is kind of the formula you would hope to see against the rest of the away sides um, when we go away from home going forward. Um, because I think these kind of performances um, are going to be the ones that get us some some results. So moving on um, to the players themselves. So some people really stood out yesterday. Um, there's going to be a couple that will surprise you maybe and some that definitely won't. Um, so for me, uh, we'll start with the bad, right? Uh, I thought personally, uh, Solly March was incredibly poor yesterday. Uh, two shots, none on target, one key pass, um, 73% pass accuracy defensively, uh, defensively, um, he did, you know, he did a lot more than the, the rest of his forward line, three tackles, two interceptions, um, only committed the one foul. Um, but I thought overall he was incredibly ineffective. Um, you know, there was... That one chance that dropped to him really should have been taken. Um, and I, I mean, I think at about 38 minutes gone, um, he got a hold of the ball and I truly had forgotten he was playing. Um, he didn't have the greatest game last week. 
and to follow it up with that performance, in my opinion, um, you know, I think we have to be looking at a change uh, for Solly March, and there are ample people that are ready to come on and do that job. So, you know, I hope that next week um, we see Solly March drop from the team and get a rest, um, and I would love to see Ali Reza uh, or Alexis come on and make that difference, um, because I thought both, when they came on as subs, were excellent. So let's talk about them real quick. Uh, I thought Jahan Baksh was great. Um, he looked uncomfortable on that left-hand side. Uh, I think that I would probably like him to stick around on that right-hand side. Um, and, you know, I think if we're bringing him in full-time, I think he probably will be. Uh, but he was effective. He won the foul right at the end of the game uh, that kind of almost created that winning goal. Um, and I think that, you know, I think that Jahan Baksh is more than due a run of games. Um I think if, you know, if Solly March uh, can get a run of games and Aaron Moy is continuing to keep his place, um, I think that it's only fair at this point um, that we can see more of Jahan Baksh um, and, and McAllister. So in terms of McAllister, came on yesterday uh, at 79 minutes, uh, took a shot, 83.3% uh, pass accuracy, looked very much to be on set pieces. Um, looked very hungry for the ball, looked very energetic, didn't at any kind of time look like he was behind the game, uh, behind the speed of the game, and, you know, it was a very back-and-forth game at that point. So it doesn't look to me like he has much work to do to adjust to this game, um, and he is a man that already looked like he was looking to make a difference. He's 21 years old. Um, he simply has to be starting sooner than later. Um, I don't buy this idea of him having to take time to bed in. Um, it doesn't make any sense. So get him on. Let's see what he can do for a longer period of time than 11 minutes um, and get him playing. I would like to see both Ali Razor and McAllister play next week. Um, I think it's long overdue that we get those players a chance to get in. Um, Mopai, I thought, was poor yesterday. Uh, I think he did everything he could do. He continued to kind of chase the ball down, hold it up as best he could when he could. He dropped deep to win the ball when he needed to win it. Um, you know, but he didn't come off. He, no shots, one key pass. Uh, he won one aerial battle, which is nothing when you think of, you know, he, he is the worst in the league um, as a striker at winning the aerial battles. And it's not exactly a surprise. He's not a big dude. Um, won a couple of fouls, don't get me wrong, that's great. Um, but overall, I thought that he was pretty much ineffective yesterday. And I think that he looked five times more dangerous when you had McAllister and Johan Baksh on the pitch. Um, it gave him that kind of, I think it gave him a bit of an energy boost to have another couple of players running in behind with him. Um, Trossard, I thought, was pretty poor yesterday. Uh, but the stats say different. You know, three key passes more than anybody else by a long way uh, on either team. Um... Maybe he is, you know, it, it seems like he's pulling a bit of a Pascal Gross. Um, doesn't look like he's doing a huge amount while on the pitch, but when you look at the stats afterwards, it looks like he's kind of pulling the strings. Maybe that's the case. Uh, on to players that did brilliantly. Um, thought Lewis Dunk was excellent again yesterday. Uh, kind of ruled the roost at the back there, um, especially with Aaron, uh, with Adam Webster scaring the crap out of me every other minute. Um, I thought Dunkey did very well indeed. Uh, two total tackles, two successful clearances, a blocked shot. Um, he did get booked, meaning that he is one booking away from a two-game ban, which would be an absolute disaster. Uh, that runs out game week 32, which means that we have one more game 
against Manchester United, uh, and that's wrong. We have two more games, one at Arsenal and one at Manchester United. We have both of those games to go, and he is then kind of expunged off of his record, and he's good to go. So Lewis needs to keep himself uh, out of the out of the walls, so to speak, in the next two games, and we will be good to go. Uh, Dan Byrne did a good job at left back again. Um, you know, he had an incredibly tough time of it as soon as um, as soon as Adam and Traore came on. His uh, his left hand side got a little bit more dangerous, and you know he's going to need that. Um, he's gonna he's gonna need that support that he ended up getting from Trossard and and Aaron Moy. They kind of just converged on him and nullified him a little bit towards the end. Uh, but the main men for me, um, you know the. <laughs> You can't look any further than Bissouma yesterday. Um, I thought he was by far and away the man of the match. Um, I think that I think that the Albion fans rated him the man of the match as well. Um, I think he did just about everything you could ask of him, um, both offensively and defensively. Uh, three shots more than anybody else. None on target, unfortunately. Uh, no key passes. Four successful dribbles more than anybody else in the Albion side. Uh, I thought he played incredibly well. And defensively, it felt like he was doing everybody else's job for them. Um, five total tackles, uh, two interceptions, two clearances, gave away zero fouls, um, and really kind of just totally nullified that left-hand side for Wolverhampton Wanderers. Um, Diego Hotta uh, and Vinegra and... That kind of left-hand side that causes problems for a lot of teams were completely nullified by Bissouma yesterday. Um, you know, I know Dale Stevens came on with a couple of minutes to go, kind of to see out the rest of the game, really. Um, but to me, as of right now, Bissouma is one of the first names on the team sheet. Um, these three or four games that he's had straight now under Potter, um, he looks like a new player. Um, he simply has to start. Bissouma dunk you know these kind of players they're the kind of players that are going to keep you up um and he is he was just phenomenal yesterday um i thought you know he's got a lot of work to do as a player um there was a couple of bits and pieces where he scares the crap out of you um but he's so tidy on the ball and kind of never looked like being in too much trouble um his pass accuracy was excellent um 84.9 percent uh 93 touches of the ball yesterday uh, only Montoya and Dan Byrne had more. Um, I thought he was just wonderful. And long may it continue. Um, so next week, we have Arsenal. Which is a massive one, obviously. That point away at Wolves was not one I think that anybody saw coming. Um, and after the Arsenal game, we have two long weeks of break. So, a lot of work to be done between then and now. Um, and Arsenal at home are a game that is very much winnable. Arsenal's home record is much better than their away record. Uh, their away record is not the world's greatest record at all. Um, and, you know, they're barely scoring a goal a game away from home. Compare that to their home record, where they've uh, played 15 games and scored 26. Their away record is that they played 13 and scored 14. Um, they are very much a team that are there to be beaten if we play well enough. Uh, their form is excellent under Arteta right now. Uh, I believe they have only lost once since the new year, um, and that was in the Europa League um, against Olympiakos. So they are not—they have not lost at all in the Premier League in 2020. Um, I truly think that we can be the first to do it, though. 
Uh, they have a midweek game this week against Manchester City at Manchester City. And then they have to come down to us after that. Uh, they have a three-game, three-week, three-day gap. Um, I think that this is the very best time to play them. Um, and I think that they may well get handed two defeats back-to-back. Um, I have been saying this for a while, uh, but I truly think that even if we go down, um, I think we're still going to do the double on them. Um, I really do. A uh, couple of players to watch, of course, um, depending on if they play or not, because Arteta has been very in and out in terms of what he's doing. Uh, Aubameyang, of course, is always going to be a problem. Lacazette, who seems to enjoy playing against us. Nicolas Pepe, um, again, who I think that Dan Byrne may well have his number. Um, but, you know, defending set pieces, they're terrible at it. They've been terrible at it for a long, 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 long time. Um, they are very open at the back. They've been open at the back for a long, 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 long time. Um, aerially, they are appalling, uh, which is something that we're incredibly good at. But they're always going to be there. They're always going to be capable of coming back from behind um, and, you know, coming back from losing positions and getting a result. Um, and their kind of their ability to finish chances as and when they come are very much there. So it's going to be interesting. Um, Aubameyang on 17 goals this season. He is flying, uh, you know, pushing for that kind of golden boot contention. Um, so it's going to be interesting to see how we line up uh, and how we play. But I think that that is a game that we should be seeing as one that we can sneak something from. And, you know, if we can pull out a win there, that puts us on 30 through 32 points um, and we're well on our way. We need 38 to be safe, in my opinion. Um, but we have a lot of teams below us that have played, uh, and all the results went our way last yesterday. Um, Villa, of course, have two games in hand, um, but those two games in hand aren't the easiest. Uh, they have Leicester City uh, tomorrow, I believe, um, and then they have uh, in the middle of the week, maybe. No, that's wrong. Next week, they have Chelsea, um, and it's the Newcastle game that got postponed, so... It's going to be a lot of stuff that they can get points from, um, but they're not easy. So that is it for me. Um, like I said, like, review, subscribe, pretty please. Um, and, you know, if you ever have thoughts, feelings, concerns, get your voice clips over to me, get your tweets, get your whatever, um, and they will be featured on the show. But for now, have a good rest of your week. Be safe. 